0: Listening to a download from outdoorstation.co.uk. Number three, three one. Hello and welcome back to another podcast here on the Outdoor Station, and one I'm recording in October, just to be going into October two thousand and eleven. And I hope uh, I hope the summer's been a good one for everybody all around the world, and uh, you've been enjoying uh, the time getting out. And uh, enjoying the outdoors life, as we all would like to. Uh, and certainly uh, the weather in the UK has been particularly strange uh, this last week, in fact. Uh, and I think everybody who'd stashed away their uh, their summer walking gear and was starting to look at their their autumn and winter gear, um, have suddenly realised that perhaps summer hasn't been over. And we've had some fantastic temperatures up to uh, 30 degrees or thereabouts, which has been, uh, which has been pretty enjoyable. Well, what are we looking at in this podcast? Uh, well, we thought we'd touch on a few things, really, just to get people up to speed about um, part of the reasons we've uh, not been uh, as uh, as prolific as we would like to have been with the uh, with the podcasts, and also uh, touch on some uh, sort of news and gossip that's going around uh, about the blogging world and also about the outdoors industry. Um, but uh, first, let's let's start about uh, ourselves where where we are. Um, Obviously apologising, as always, about the irregularity of these things. Uh, We do try and do them if we can. Um, However, we, like everybody else at the moment in the uh, outdoors industry, or even any industry, uh, are obviously working hard at uh, keeping everything uh, going along smoothly in the business. Um, And uh, on top of that, I've also been uh, working on editing up all the TGO Challenge videos, uh, which uh, which we produced uh, from uh, the TGO, obviously, uh, in May 2011, um, which you can now find on YouTube. And if you go onto YouTube and just search the Outdoor Station or TGO Challenge, you'll see a, a series of five videos there that we've put together. Uh, just to give you a bit of an idea about those, um, the contents for the actual walking were shot on a uh, a new... Uh, Panasonic Lumix, I think it's the FT5, FT3 the sort of waterproof, drop proof um, camera uh, which is available, compact camera which I purchased uh, literally just before uh, just before we went um, the uh, I was looking at doing it with various video cameras and and I've got um, various professional uh, video cameras but they were just too big and too cumbersome and too expensive to be honest to to take with me on such a trip um, as well as also the the battery power so I thought I'd give these compacts a bit of a go and I have to say I was incredibly surprised at the uh, the quality and the output which can be seen in high definition on Uh, on YouTube uh, from this camera. And the reason I chose this one in particular um, wasn't so much because of the waterproof or the durability of it, uh, because it was the only one I could find that would actually record um, video in PAL, which is, for people who know, 25 or 50 frames a second, as opposed to NTSC, which is 30 or 60. The reason that makes a difference, uh, it doesn't when you watch it and play it back on the computer and edit it. But if you put it into a DVD format, shall we say, for playing on a UK TV system, it has to convert the 30 stroke 60 frames to 25 stroke 50, and that creates all sorts of frame judder and lip sync problems and so on. Uh, which is something that uh, that all these manufacturers don't tell you, and uh, because my background is, uh, as many people will know, is in media production, uh, it's something I tend to pay a bit of attention to. So, I was uh, I was very very impressed with the camera. Uh, sadly, the actual trip, as uh, as everybody will know, really was a bit of a wet one, which is uh, disappointing. What we had hoped to do was record pieces about the the gear that we were using and the way we approached the walk uh, each evening. Uh, when we were camping, however, uh, the weather was so miserable and wet pretty well continually uh, that that didn't, didn't happen. So what we've done is uh, we just sort of created five ten minute sequences we've dropped into the middle of each one, uh, which explain the gear we took and uh, explanations as to why we took it. So, uh, so people might find that of interest if you're considering doing the TGO, uh, or just as a different uh, way of spending. Uh, I think it's well over an hour. It's about an hour and fifteen minutes. All five videos put together. Just take from it what you will. Um, the other video that I've done was uh, the series of of um, video clips from the Channel Island Waywalk. Uh, now um again if you've listened to the audio you'll know that that was sponsored by uh the uh, Guernsey Tourist Board. Uh they uh, they paid for us to go over and uh stay in various places but um, but obviously we chose to do the walk and be as uh, honest as we could about um all the various uh places we we stayed and the people we spoke to and, and treat it like a a normal travel program that we would do. Uh and that video is also on YouTube. Showing you the podcast numbers to look up on the outdoor station if you want the audio content to go with it. Uh, so it's sort of a, a five-minute uh, piece, really, giving you an idea of what the terrain's like and what it's like to actually uh, to walk in that area, which was lovely, I have to say. Um, to to do the coastal walk and the Challow Island Way is a link up of all the coastal walks around uh, Jersey, Guernsey, Sark, Herm and Alderney to create one route. The only island that we didn't do was Jersey and I noticed that the blogger, well-known blogger Alan Sloman uh, uh, was invited over to do Jersey uh, and so consequently uh, between uh, between all the PR that they've been doing they have uh, managed to hit the target. Uh, But we'll come on to bloggers and, and PR shortly. With over a million listeners worldwide, the Outdoors Station is the leading online audio resource for those into the great outdoors. So what else have we been doing? Well, we've been to uh, the OTS, the uh, Outdoors Trade Show in Stoneleigh, uh, which again I'll come on to shortly. um, And uh, looked at some of the new products there and new things that were coming through. Uh, We've also managed to get a few walks in, but um, not as long term as we would like to. And and somehow we seem to have gone through summer. I don't know what's happened really the last few weeks. It all seems to be um, fairly full full on and and fairly busy, busy one way or the other. Uh, But um, Rose has done another triathlon. Um, I've been uh, doing some more exercise and and trying to keep, uh, keep the weight down like most people. And really just trying to take time to enjoy the outdoors. What I'm, I'm certainly finding and talking to a lot of people is that um, the new media, the technology, as great as it is as a tool and a way of keeping uh, and communicating with, with friends from obviously around the world... Uh, it does tend to occupy a lot of a lot of time, and that time is time that I used to spend doing a lot more things outdoors. So um, it's a bit of a fine balance, really. This uh, this juggling new technology and um, and uh, and well, pastimes, simple pastimes, really. However, um, I guess you're probably listening to this at work or at home or uh, commuting perhaps or even out hiking, and I know a lot of people listen to it in a tent so so let's move on to um, something that's been uh, on the, on the blogging scene uh, for for a few weeks and uh, run that past you and see what you think and what your thoughts might be on blogging and the commercialization of blogging. <music> So let's uh, let's just have a look at blogging for a, for a minute. Now most people when they start a blog usually want to share their passion about their pastime, be it uh, photography or music or, or in this case outdoors world. And We've all picked up uh, hints and tips over a period of time about uh, the way we do things which work for us, and obviously some of those ideas are, are quite good and worth sharing, and a lot of people pick up, pick up a lot from that. and other times people dismiss the content as being you know not for them, which is which is fair enough. But most people when they when they read a, an honest blog like that, will uh, assume that the writer is writing from personal experience and from passion. So that's one thing. Now, the blogging, I suppose, has taken off over the last what six, five, six, seven years, something like that. And um, uh, initially, um, the online community, the online outdoor community, were frustrated. I suppose that the outdoors uh, industry weren't really giving them much credence and they weren't paying much attention to them. Uh, although we all knew, everybody in new media knew that uh, obviously that was the way things were going to go. And also, if you wanted to share your particular um, information about any particular product or service or whatever, it's quite a good way of doing it in a fairly cheap way. Over the period, over the last, what, two, three years, I've certainly noticed that um, we now have the some of the better PR companies have... Uh, have Realised that the, there is an audience out there and they've realised that people are doing blogging and can assist in their business of spreading their particular message. Um, but this all came to a head really in, in many respects We're following a conversation I had with or during a conversation I had with Andy Howell. Now Andy, as everybody knows, is a mate of mine and you can find him over on andyhowell.info and uh, he was telling me that he'd just been invited on the Gore-Tex uh, blogging summit over in uh, in Germany I think it was Germany actually Germany anyway and this is where they invite uh, a select number of bloggers Uh, over to Germany, I suppose very similar to uh, the Guernsey um, tourist board thing that we did, and they'll pay for you to come over, they'll put you up in a hotel, they'll probably throw some free kit at you, show you around the factory, drag you up a hill, make you sweaty, make you realise that Gore-Tex is great, and come back down again. Um, So that's the gist of it, and then they expect you to go home and write enthusiastically about how great uh, Gore-Tex is and um, the various products that you used and so on. Now, that's fair enough, Um, but... You know, you then start crossing the line over, well, are these people that are doing the blogging and writing about it, are they passionate enthusiasts giving their personal opinion on something which they've experienced, which they've paid for themselves out of their hard-earned cash? Or are they writing about a subject matter which they feel obliged to give a um, positive spin to uh, because that they were put up in a nice hotel and fed and watered by the appropriate company? There's a series of comments, a series of uh, articles, rather, that Andy's written, which are very, very good and well worth uh, reading. I think he's written it from a fairly level-headed point of view, all about the commercialization of outdoor blogging and in- integrity and authenticity, which I think is the, is the key thing, really. Um, the PR companies are probably looking around the Internet, recognizing that certain bloggers are uh, showing um, that they've got experience in a certain area. And that, therefore, they have integrity as regards the experiences they've had. So, therefore, it may be an idea to make association with them. But of course, I suppose if the bloggers aren't really making it clear that uh, the uh, items that they've received were, you know, free of charge and and so on, and the the why they're writing about it, then does that affect? the reader's viewpoint. And of course, um, with the online media, the reason that the PR companies are contacting as many different bloggers from all sorts of different backgrounds and all sorts of different experiences is because um, they have realised finally, which is something that the online media knew a long time ago... Finally, that if you type in a review, uh, type in and looking for a review of you know X Gore-Tex jacket, shall we say, to use as an example, um, what will come up in the search engines won't necessarily be that X Gore-Tex jacket is now only nine ninety nine at this particular shop, but will be um, various articles written by people um, that mention the uh, the jacket, and that is how they slowly build up a. uh, a matrix, if you like, across the medium, uh, which supports and promotes the message that they are being paid to get across. Now, uh, one of the people that uh, answered fairly early on to Andy's first piece uh, back in the beginning of September was a Two-Heel Drive. Which is Tom uh, Mannigan? Man Mangan. Sorry, Tom. I'm quite got your name there. Tom Mangan, over in the states, and um, he wrote an article about exactly that: the Gore-Tex Blogger Summit, uh, which took place in this in the US in uh, November 2009. Uh, and he uh, just quickly just does the sums. You know, they have a certain amount of bloggers, and it costs them this much money. Uh, they estimate to uh, to feed, water them, transport them, show them the stuff, and whatever else. And the total amount that it came to, the bill that it came to, was considerably less than taking out a full-page or a couple of full-page adverts in monthly outdoors magazines, which only have a certain lifespan and a certain reach. So, you can understand from a commercial point of view that um, the bloggers are walking a very very fine line here you know you might be passionate about a subject but somebody offers you something which is really sexy piece of kit uh, something you p- perhaps would aspire to but never really afford or you know never really get round to buying and they offer it to you in return for some a, a write-up you know do you feel obliged to give it a better write-up because it is um you know this this gift whereas in the other side of it is the company itself is actually getting a lot more long term marketing and uh, awareness of that particular product than they could possibly achieve by placing a full page advert in trail tgo country walking whatever it may be in the in the blogging community, various bloggers have been chatting about this, and they seem to be falling into different camps and Andy himself i 've noticed um, uh, today actually just just before recording this is starting to put, um, making it clear, what did he say, uh, a policy. Um, he calls it a review policy. Uh, in other words, that you make it very, very clear to the reader exactly the story behind the how you came to acquire the product. In other words, you bought it yourself uh, or it was supplied and you were paid X amount, if you like, um, on a jolly or, or whatever to review it. He does, make, uh, he does make a good point, actually, towards the end of the, the last piece that he's written about it, uh, towards the end of September here. Um, he said, there's one thing I've discovered this week that uh, might be worth thinking of. I find it personally that the more commercial a blog it becomes, the less interested I am in it. I find myself switching off and reading them less and less. I've discovered I'm not alone in this. So if you're choosing the commercial hybrid route, plan your campaign carefully. And talking about that, uh, somebody that has uh, planned their campaign, I suppose, in some respects, uh, is another mate of hand is uh, Phil Turner. Um, and Phil has, um, whilst presumably uh, working on a full time job, has also followed his uh, passion for the outdoors initially from a, a lightweight perspective. And I now believe he's uh, about to launch a f- couple of books. And looking at his blog a few minutes ago, I notice he is now the online editor, or soon to be the online editor, for Outdoor Enthusiasts uh, website. So congratulations to him on, on that score. Uh, And it just goes to show that if you want to pursue a commercial angle, I suppose, to your blogging activity and look for opportunities like this, they are out there. And Phil has certainly um, been, you know, uh, fairly active on that front. Uh, And uh, from a a retailer's point of view, I've I've received various things from him in the past seeking uh, equipment to review. You know, has it been clear for people all the way along that his reviews have been from a passionate enthusiast point of view or from a slightly commercial point of view? And, you know, the commercial being to his benefit or to the benefit of uh, the company supplying the product. It's quite a it's quite a a mishmash. And there's obviously a lot of um, a lot of different angles that you can take on this. Um but, I think Andy's point, and the conclusion he finally comes to is is very true is that if you're honest with the reader, then the reader knows uh, where they stand and they can cherry pick the information out of it that they they um, seek. If you pick a magazine up, you know that the magazine has been written by people who are being paid to write that, and so it's like of an unwritten rule that you' are already aware that there is going to be a commercial bias or the network where the information has come from is commercial, whereas a blogging information, you're not sure whether it's come from a commercial background or any particular relationship. It's very difficult. I mean, we've we've tried to do and make it very, very clear about the obviously the podcasts that we do. Uh, people are aware that we run The Outdoor Station and we also run Backpacking Light, but I've also tried to be honest and, and fair when we talk to people about products or places or things that they do which are not associated with backpacking light at all that we still talk about them with the same interest and and passion as we do with any particular items that we're associated with but uh, you know if you haven't picked that up as you go along then that's my mistake for not making that clearer I suppose but a difficult one but a a very very interesting subject so I recommend that you have a look at Andy Howell's blog let's say andyhowell.info plenty of information on there discussing the topic and also you can see some of the comments that have come back from different bloggers some of whom agree with him and some don't um, and obviously Tom's um uh, website um uh, two heel drive or the website is TomMangan.net, dot uh, net. and if you go back to um two thousand and nine on his uh, entry, uh, there's quite an interesting entry there about um their, their particular Gore Tex trip, uh bloggers summit, uh, what did he say? Um Uh, well, the second paragraph, he says, on the back of a napkin calculation, the round-trip airfare for 15 people, $7,500, two days' food and lodging, $4,500. Gore-Tex would have to pay twice that for a single full-paged ad in Outside magazine. So that gives you a bit of an indication of sort of money that's that's potentially involved. And I suppose I'll finish up with this by saying that the bloggers that are doing this for people and getting a free tent cooker stove pans pots clothing whatever it might be are you not providing the companies with actually more value than the goods that they're supplying you with and that's not to say that you're not doing a good job in writing it up but it's just something about the sums involved particularly with the commercial climate at the moment everybody wants something for nothing and if everybody comes out of the deal feeling happy then that's great But uh, when you start looking at figures like I've just mentioned off Tom's blog there on Gore-Tex, it does start to make you think that these bigger companies perhaps starting to manipulate uh, smaller individuals. I don't know. I'll leave that with you. Any comments, of course, please write to us at info at theoutdoorstation.co.uk. If you have any feedback, questions or suggestions, why not drop us a line, either on Facebook or directly to our email address, Info at theoutdoorstation.co.uk Bringing you more about the outdoors world. So let's have a chat about uh, some of the gossip and some of the things going on in the outdoors uh, trade uh, and also discuss uh, some items that we've seen that we uh, we think you might be interested in that will be coming through uh, fairly soon. I notice um, we mentioned uh, Julia Bradbury's sister's business, uh, Go Yomp. GoYomp dot com uh, a few weeks ago or a few uh, few podcasts ago uh, because it seemed to be slightly ambiguous what they were trying to do um, and it obviously attracted a lot of interest uh, in the in the press because they weren't really saying anything. Uh, but they were making all sorts of promises and so on. Anyway, they, it would appear that uh, things have moved on. They've got, they've got the funding that they were seeking, um, and the, the website is still in its beta stage, uh, but they're hoping to have a full marketing launch in spring of 2012. Um, it is odd, I have to say, because everything they seem to be playing with or talking about is has already been done probably quite successfully and quite well by, by various websites, blogs and, um, and magazines already. Uh, for example, they say, Through our unique social network, Yomp Share, you can discover new adventurers across the UK and upload and share your own favourite Yomps with the Yomp community, all at the click of a button. OK, well, Outdoors Magic does that quite well, and so does um, Ordnance Survey and uh, Live for the Outdoors. And a few other of the uh, magazine-associated forums and, and blogs. So mm, that's a bit of an odd one. Um, Go Yomp's founder David Stevens says Go Yomp aims to fill a hole in the market, providing a comprehensive set of tools which will direct you to some great walks and adventures. Hopefully, you'll find our range of product reviews, blogs, and articles helpful too. So there's obviously a commercial angle there that they're looking at. Um, they are admitting that uh, their shop is going to be um, a partnership relationship with Yeoman's Outdoor Leisure, who will be supplying you with all your outdoor essentials. That'll be interesting. And um, it doesn't like to shy away from the Julia Bradbury Association. Our commercial director, Gina Fox, Julia Bradbury's sister, says that we intend to highlight innovative new products that demonstrate the outdoors can be fashionable and accessible. And um, it then goes on further to say, Julia Bradbury, our biggest supporter, believes that Go Yump will be the first port of call for anyone looking for an outdoor adventure. Well, there you go. It looks like the uh, the Julia Bradbury outdoors brand is in full swing. And it'll be interesting to see if she's wearing the Go Yump t-shirt, Go Yump jacket, Go Yump hat and Go Yump socks the next time she does a uh, tv presentation or is in one of the various magazines so uh, anyway a little bit of um gossip for you there do have a look at that it's not alf- not an awful lot but it is interesting and uh it should be interesting to see where they're intending to uh to make an impact or find a niche for themselves so that's goyump.com um what else have we picked up um yes i mean just a bit of an aside really uh, was reading that uh, in mainland Europe, uh, most outdoor items, uh, the gear, rucksacks, jackets and tents and that sort of thing, are actually sold through sports shops. Um, there are very, very few independent uh, specialist outdoor retailers. Um, and we understand that uh, that Golight was making a fantastic impression in uh, in Germany and certainly some of the Scandinavian countries and starting to penetrate there quite nicely. Uh, And we, as Backpacking Light, get an awful lot of orders from mainland Europe when we'd assume that the products were available there. But obviously, uh, it's a, a wrong assumption on our front. So uh, the, the, apparently the German designers are now aware of the word lightweight and they're now starting to absorb that in a lot of their uh, product designs. Uh, Deuter and um, Mammut and, and oh, well, there's loads of German ones, isn't there, really? Uh, so we've we'll got to look forward to 2012 being something where um, they are actually considering um, changing their design to take that on board. How lightweight it will be, I don't know, but hopefully it will be lighter than a lot of the stuff that's currently available. Um, but across the EU, uh, e- revenue sales uh, broken down in the outdoors industry are as follows. Uh, clothing being the main one, followed by footwear, sleeping bags, rucksacks and then tents. So uh, let's move on to uh, the outdoor show over at uh, Stonely. I only had time to, um, to chat to a few people there and uh, find out about some of the new products and just sort of play with them for a few minutes and get a feel for them. We didn't really have time to get some interviews, which would have been nice to break this podcast up so you're not just listening to my voice of course uh, but uh, we just didn't have time so we've done the next best thing and uh, made a few notes so uh, um, some of the items that we saw which will be interesting to people is um, ray mears is endorsing a ultrathon insect repellent um, which is uh, obviously important to a lot of people we, i tend to get bitten Uh, very, very badly. Haven't tried it, haven't seen it, but um, that's some of the news that's coming through, so I'm sure you'll be seeing some of that in the uh, marketing blurb over the next few months. Uh, The US manufacturer of uh, interesting rucksacks, Granite Gear, has now found a UK distributor, so they are currently looking at uh, organising their first drop of uh, items, which may be in before Christmas or just after. Uh, Certainly leaning towards the go light end of um, of pr- the product range is nice american uh, packs will do sort of the lighter uh, aspect rather than the heavier ones um, but they also have a wider range of items i suppose which will carry a, carry a slightly heavier load so um, they've got one foot in each camp and uh, the quality of the products looks great so hopefully we'll be seeing some of those shortly uh, we went to omm and saw and well, found out what the story is behind the Mountain Mover. The Mountain Mover is their 55 litre uh, plus rucksack, which um, suddenly went out of production at the beginning of this year, and everybody has been desperate for it. Uh, it, it has a certain following um anyway they've um, been working with it and redesigning it slightly um and they have also uh, got the omm range now has a few accessories that will fit all the packs in the range which is quite interesting um but that mountain mover should be out just before christmas i understand uh, and of course the new chest pouch which is the other item that everybody's been waiting for has been redesigned and they've um done the most important thing which was uh, the people who are who remember seeing the chest pouch when it was the old model? When the old model was against your chest, you had the folded map against your chest, which was obviously had a plastic cover on it, so it was creating this this um, m- membrane. Uh, right against your chest and stopped your, um, your, the moisture released from your jacket. They've now turned it round and thankfully got the map on the right place so that when you look down, you can just undo the poppers and look at the map. And uh, it clips onto uh, the various harnesses as before. So that's going to be um, a very, very popular item. In fact, the old chest pouch was incredibly popular. So ridiculously simple, but um, I think a lot of people will uh, appreciate that. Um a few people have asked me about the new Neo Air, so we went and uh, had a look at that. Um, it's certainly now tapered. Um, there's a lighter material on the super lightweight one, uh, and uh, it's it, it it definitely, we're told, is uh, as puncture-resistant as, as the previous one. Uh, and they've also got a much more of a female-based uh, one. There, uh, where are we? Um, picking up the brochure here, the Neo Air Xtherm is um, one which would be ideal for for winter, and that's got an R-value of 5.7. And the uh, X-Lite and the women's Neo Air X-Lite have got an R-value of 3.2 or 3.9, depending which one you have. Uh, No weights here as uh, as such. And there's also, obviously, the Neo Air All Season and Trekker, um, which... um, will be of interest to people, but we'll get more details about those later. But certainly, the, um, the only thing I didn't like about the Neo Air X-Lite is bright yellow, which I suppose is good in some respects, but um, a lot of the bugs in this country do love bright yellow, so we'll see how that performs during summertime when, when they come out in a big way. The other thing that we saw from MSR, from the same supplier from First Ascent, is the new Micro Rocket. Um, similar to the pocket rocket uh, whereas the pocket rocket's 85 grams, the micro rocket is 73 grams, and it folds down smaller, so that's going to be pretty popular I think I think it's a bit more expensive than the pocket rocket uh, but that's going to be a popular item You're listening to theoutdoorstation.co.uk award-winning producers of podcasts to inform, inspire and entertain lovers of the great outdoors everywhere. And what else do we pick up? Uh, Foul Raven. Foul Raven's another one. There seems to be a lot of finish. Uh, and Norwegian um, brands making an impact into the UK market and they seem to be going for the sort of bushcraft, um, paramo come outdoor sort of hard wearing uh, type um, marketplace. And uh, they, you know, nothing against the products. The products are, are that's, that's exactly where they position themselves. Um, so I think we're going to see a bit more of them coming through. And certainly the the, the feel and material and the cut was uh, was pretty uh, pretty impressive. So I think we'll be seeing a few more of those uh, in your sort of average outdoor shop, if you like your walking shop or bushcraft shop. Um, Mountain King, uh, who make uh, I think they're the only UK, UK company that make walking poles in the UK. Um, They were telling us uh, how successful their trailblaze poles have been, something that uh, we actually use and sell ourselves, uh, which normally come in lengths of 110 centimetres and 120. They're now introducing 115 and 130 or 25, 130 I think it was, um, for the taller person. And a range of different colours there. And they were saying just how popular they've been with the adventure racing market and the sort of Marathon de Sable people and and so on. People who just require stability but they don't want the big bulky uh, walking pole. So uh, fair play to uh, British company. Hurrah! Doing well with British made products. Well done to them. Now another uh, product that we saw many years ago uh, in in Friedrichshafen. Uh, Everybody knows the name Hilleberg. Um, But equivalent to Hillyburg is another tent manufacturer called Hellsport. And Hellsport and Hillyburg are um, along the same product um, quality threshold. Uh, They're from the same country, and I think they're a fairly major competitors. Anyway, the Hellsport tents have now found a distributor in the UK and um, we would be looking forward to seeing some of their designs uh, uh, on the high street or through the specialist shops anyway. But they make some superb tents, fantastic quality um, and this, as I say the same sort of pedigree as, uh, as a Hilleberg, although they hate being mentioned in the same uh, sentence apparently, that's, that's where that's pitched so um, keep your eyes open for that. Um actually the same distributor is also distributing uh the Japanese titanium Snow Peak products as well. Uh Snow Peak are um an established um titanium uh, cookware company, um again with that Japanese little quality design edge to them. Uh so we may be seeing more of that. I've only ever seen Snow Peak in Cotswolds and um it it sort of comes and goes, so I'm not, not too sure what they're like as a company to deal with, uh, but I'm hoping uh, that uh, the uh, distributor has great success with them. And then finally, uh, one thing we did see, which um, was, uh, again, British company, yes, let's, uh, let's, let's fly the flag here a bit, uh, was Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero, well known for their thermal underwear uh, range of, of clothing that they do, but they're just bringing out a new lightweight down range, uh, down jackets and gilets, Uh, and uh, tried one on, very nice, got all the features you want to have, Uh, not particularly heavy, uh, and most importantly, retailing around the £120, £130 mark, which um, which I thought was quite good. Now, two of the the companies that weren't at the show this year, which were quite interesting, was um, Innovate and Golight. Um, There's been a few changes here. Uh, The Innovate change is, sadly, they, well, obviously... To establish themselves, they've got into all the small independent retailers and there's a passion about Innovate Products and I hold my hands up and go, I love them, I think they're great. I use them, no problem at all. Um, And as a retailer, we retail. We don't do an awful lot with them, but we do retail uh, some of their products. Anyway, they've made a sweeping decision to terminate all contracts where people fall below a certain um, turnover. So consequently, uh, a lot of small independent retailers who have been selling Innovate, uh, you may have your own favourite retailer in EU online or bricks and mortar, uh, have now had their contracts terminated. And sadly, the the agent that phoned us that deals with the southwest area uh, said that he had to make a phone call uh, after he spoke to us and terminate 12 other shops. So, sadly, it looks like Innovate are concentrating on the bigger boys, and I understand that their uh, American um, export uh, activities are, are really taking off. Uh, so, it, not so much that we'll see less of them, but we'll just have to work harder to find them in the UK, which is uh, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, the other one is is Golight. We've been associated with Golight for, what, five, six years, and every now and again, uh, they suddenly change tack. And this is the third time now that they've done that. They had established a European distribution network and everything was all going very, very well in the UK, and Maine and Europe. Um, there seems to be a bit of a change of this distribution decision. And we're sort of all the retailers are just waiting at the moment to find out what the full story is. Uh, is like going to be? Uh, as available as it was last year, and we 're just confused to be to be honest. Uh, it is interesting when you go on to the Go light American site, they do seem to be having sort of ridiculous um, clearance sales, if you like, in different cities uh, dotted around America as they travel around, which i 'm sure must upset the local retailers in some way so i 'm not too sure what 's going on but of course, uh, the background to this is Golite is owned by Timberland. And Timberland has just been bought by VF Corporation. Uh, let me just read a brief bit to you. Staff at Timberland's office in the UK, which includes Smartwall Team based near Slough, will be amongst those waiting to see what impact the sale of the company will have. This follows the announcement last month that the VF Corporation, VFC, owners of, amongst others, the North Face vans and jansport is to buy the business um, and as i say timberland owns golight so um it's a case of well watch this space i think at the moment it's very confusing whether um uh, you know what effect it's going to have if any effect at all um but hopefully um everybody will be made clear as soon as there's definite a definitive answer as regards what's happening but uh, it would be such a shame to to well work harder at getting the golight products because they've made a great impact in the in the UK. I think they've been greatly appreciated by people uh, in the sub-1 kilo category to have something that's um, definitely lighter uh, to, to carry. There's a, definitely a marketplace for it, but it's the supply chain. So I don't know whether it's Coop's decision or uh, part of this um, this corporation's takeover or, or what. So um, we are waiting to hear what we can about that, and I'm sure we will be happily broadcasting the good news as and when it arrives. <music> So, that's about it from me. A lot of chit-chat, I'm afraid. Um, I hope it's, um, there's bits there of, of interest to you. And um, we will be uh, putting together something else very soon. In fact, I'll tell you what it is now. I did an interview with um, with Dave Linton. Dave Linton did the interviews with Chris Townsend uh, a few podcasts ago, which uh, a lot of people really enjoyed. Uh, nice chap. And he's taken two months out to walk 500 miles across the Halt route in the Pyrenees so I took a, I took a, a couple of hours out uh, the other day to have a chat with him about his trip and I'm just editing that up now and that will be our next podcast uh, uh, something to do with getting out there and enjoying life a little bit more so let's get away from all this corporate rubbish and get back to keeping things simple and just go for a walk so enjoy yourself many thanks indeed and I'll catch you next time bye for now This independent programme is produced and hosted by theoutdoorsstation.co.uk.